Takes it out. No shot was there. Ryan Pollock on the move as Beauvillier leaves it back to Barzell. No hurry there. Islanders will keep control of the puck. Dunn able to sneak off as Filpula back in. Valtteri Filpula. He scores! Islanders win on the goal from Filpula. And welcome to another edition of On the Board Sports. I'm your host, William Cherucci. Along with my main man, Sean Thomas, and along with Miles, our wonderful producer here at Gotham Podcast Studios. Dude, what an unbelievable game yesterday by the New York Islanders. It looked like they were, they, they were out shooting the St. Louis Blues. They won last night 2-1. They were winning the shots in the first period 11-4. And then all of a sudden, you know, St. Louis just winds up coming back and they tie the game midway through the third and, you know, it, every Islander fan at Barclays Center last night was just just in shock, just about, you know, that they didn't lose this game. They wound up winning in overtime thanks to Valtteri Filpula. So it's crazy to say the very least, Sean. And that gives us uh, 56 points. We're only three behind the division lead. So you know, we got to keep on the upper echelon team's heels, which we are. Absolutely. And we have a very special guest. That we're talking about Islanders right now. We have... Mike Carver from the ILC podcast and also producer of Farrell on the Bench with Scott Farrell. Mike, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing good, boys. Thanks for having me. Anytime, Mike. Anytime. Mike, what are your thoughts right now on what's going on with the uh, with the Isles? I know we've been talking about it back and forth over the past couple of weeks, but what are your thoughts on this Islanders team right yeah, now? You know, basically, yeah, you know, right now, Will, it, it, you got to be happy. You got to be thrilled. Because, like, did anybody expected this when the season started? There's no question about that. We know what the media expected before the season. And now as we sit here just about at the All-Star break, we've passed the halfway mark in terms of games played. They're sitting in a playoff spot right now. And they're not just sitting in a playoff spot. They're not just fighting for a playoff spot. This team is three points back in the division lead, and they'll have a chance over the next couple nights to possibly find themselves in first by uh, the end of Friday night. So it's been a really fun season so far. I think that the guys have really come together as a unit. I think that they really rallied together from what happened with Tavares in the offseason. I think that they all kind of showed up at training camp, and Barry Trotz, who's, who's been obviously the – the ringleader of the, the magic potion, whatever he brought with him from Washington. And what he's done is he has basically given these guys a reason to play as a team. They've done it, and it's been unbelievable to see. Absolutely, Mike. You you said a mouthful right there with regards to the Islanders and with Barry Trotz. But another guy that really has come in so far this season is Lou Amarillo and bringing in Barry Trotz and being instrumental. You know, the guy's been absolutely – he's been making the right moves, it seems like. And – you know, over the past 25 years, all we've been talking about with Islanders is just, you know, misfortunes and, you know, the bad breaks, the bad puck luck and everything like that. But now so far throughout this year, almost going into the all-star break, the Islanders are three points out, like you said, of the Metropolitan Division lead after beating up on the Tampa Bay Lightning, the league's best team. And the St. Louis Blues, who have been really playing well, even Barry Trotz has been saying that too. So, what are your what's your takeaway on you know this this whole success? I know we just mentioned that, but you know you talk about you talked about on your show with Hosang going down and all that stuff, and 
you know, it, it's crazy how this team is still right there in the thick of things. Yeah, and you brought up Lou, and and the main thing here now is, and and you brought up the twenty five years of look. Uh, there was a lot of time there. In fact, pretty much all of it, where this organization was run extremely poorly. Um, you know, whether you could go as far back as Milbury, you can go to Garth Snow, you could go to some of the coaches that they've had behind the bench. There, I think you've seen in less than a less than a calendar year. You know, you have seen the difference that having actual, smart, winning hockey minds running the show in Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz, when you have guys that have been in the league for a long time and have won Stanley Cups, it's, uh, you know, people, you know, say it all the time, oh, you know, he's a winner, he's going to bring a winning culture, winning attitude. It might sound like a cliche, but it really does work. I mean, just take a look. Take a look at what's going on with this team. This is pretty much... Aside from we know the one guy who's not here and a couple of small additions here and there, this is the same team that couldn't stop a beach ball last year. That's right. right. They, they couldn't stop anything from going in the net. So to see the transformation that these guys have made in, in really one off season and not even a full uh, NHL season yet, it's remarkable and it shows you that it does matter to have people who know what they're doing running the organization. Mike, um, every time me and Will have on a fan or someone that covers the team, I always have to ask them this. As as huge fans that me and Will are, we all knew where we were when we found out the news that Tavares was not coming back and he was, you know, um, uh, uh, leaving the team. My thing is this. Um, looking on it now, what were your thoughts when he left the team and – Looking at it now, would you rather take him not being on the team and having Trotz as the coach, or would you prefer him being on the team and having someone else uh, as a coach? Well, first when it happened, I think everybody kind of was in the same boat when it happened. Everybody was, was upset, and rightfully so. And he had the right to leave. I think we there's a lot of people who still, um, you know, get you know, they're still mad at him. Here's the thing. He had the right to leave. He's a free agent. He wasn't signed. He went somewhere else. That's his contractual right to do that. It's the way that he did it that made myself and pretty much every Islander fan get, you know, feel the way that you feel about him now. It was dirty. And the whole thing was dirty. From him walking around for two years telling you how much he loved Long Island and how much he wanted to be an Islander for life. You know, when you say those things, and to a fan base that for so long has been just dying for something to grab onto. It's been dark times around this team for 25-plus years, and you have a guy like him that you can grab onto, and it's, a, and it's a big thing to these fans. For him to walk out the door the way he did after saying how much he loved it here, it was a big problem. Now we have gone, as you say, uh, you know, what is it, uh, six, seven, eight months later now, it's kind of sunk in. Once you got to training camp, it was still kind of there. And as the season's gone on, the best thing that could happen to the Islander fans is the way they've played. Because I really believe that the way they've played has kind of taken – it'll never take the sting completely. I think that the fan base will always despise them. But I think that having the focus on the team and how good the team has been has made it more palatable here uh, through this season. 
Uh, it's still going to be a, a crazy atmosphere when you get there on February 28th. That's still going to be bananas uh, when, when that happens. And, and that'll be the night where everybody lets it out. That, that's going to be the night. Um, as far as who would you rather have, it's a very interesting question. It really is because, uh, you know, look at how what the coach has done to these guys and how he's gotten them to play and, and instilling his structure, he likes to say. You know, it, you know you'd have to think, um, depending on how things go in the future and, and having a guy that could slide into that, you had, you had two guys who could slide into the two things that J.T. did. J.T. was their, was their best skill player, and he was also their leader. So you have a guy like Matthew Barzell who jumps into the, into the skill part as their best player, and you have Anders Lee to jump in. And you have Barry Trotz as the coach. I know it sounds a little crazy, but you could say they might be in a better position today than they were on June 30th. Absolutely, and especially when you look at you know, what Lamarillo said, individuals, you know, they don't win t- championships. And so far throughout right. Tavares' career, you know, outside of him coming up and all that stuff, you know, the guy left. He, he's making a boatload of money right now over in Toronto. It looks as if Toronto is probably going to have a lot of uh, cap uh, cap hits when a lot of their star names have to get re-signed at that time. And they probably won't because of that Tavares deal. Yeah. But with that being said, you know, you look at this young team right now. Who's been a big surprise for you so far this season, Mike? Has it been a guy like Robin Leonard? Has it been, you know, the coaching staff? Has it been, you know, Andrews Lee uh, sporting the uh, captain's role? Who has it been for you? I think that right now, without question, the biggest surprise for this team this year has been the play of their goaltending, specifically Robin Leonard because he's really, especially over the last six to six to eight weeks, he's really taken control of the job. I think that's the biggest, you know, the biggest surprise because goaltender was the number one question for this team at the end of last season. And it was the thing that a lot of, we all speculated, how is Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz, you know, how's Lou going to sit in a room with John Tavares and his agent and try to sell him that he's going to have a goaltender here this year? And goaltender was a problem. And they took a chance on Robin Leonard. Everybody knows his story and what he went through last mm-hmm. year in Buffalo and really for the last few years in his life. And the Islanders took a chance on him. He took a chance on the Islanders. And it's become an unbelievable partnership. Credit to all the guys working with him. Mitch Cord, Pierre Greco, all, all the guys in the Islander organization. And now Leonard's sitting here. And let's be fair. You have to be fair. If they were doing NHL awards today, like they do in Vegas at the end of the year, he would have to be a finalist for the Vesna Trophy. He has been that good for the Islanders this year. Definitely, Mike. You know, um, and I would have to be on the same page with you there. You know, like he would be my my pick because in a season where we didn't think that they would have, nobody thought that he would play this well. So we so we are definitely on the same page there, Mike. Um, my question to you is now that they're having this this season that we did not expect them to have. They are in prime playoff race now. Mike, do you think they should make a move to help them for the postseason run? And if you do, is there a player or two that you think they should get to bring on this team before the trading uh, 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 deadline comes to help them for the postseason run? Well, 
Yeah, you know, we still got we still got a couple of weeks. I, I believe it's February 25th, if I remember correctly. So we've got a little bit over a month. I think if they're still sitting where they are right now, Blue Amaro will not be hesitant at all to go out and try to improve this team. Um, I don't know where you want to go. This, you see, the things that the Islanders probably need the most are are things that everybody would want. You know, I think could they use another top four defenseman? I think they probably could. I think anybody in the league could use a top four defenseman. Are any of those guys going to be available? I'm not 100%. Do they need a, a, a legitimate, you know, top six sniper type? A guy whose job is strictly score goals, boom, that is it? Yes, they could 100% use a guy like that. They've gotten a lot of balance throughout the lineup with the goals this year, but do they have that one guy that is just the, you know, the term sniper and goes out there and, and fills the net constantly? They could use that. Another, another, but that's another thing that is really hard to find. So, well, they, you know, you know who's going to be available. There's going to be bottom six guys available. There's going to be third pair defensemen available. We need to see who falls out of it here over the next five weeks. And then will any players who fit maybe some of the categories I just mentioned, Will they be available? And I think the Islanders would be interested. Mike, I know you mentioned Sniper. I know you mentioned top four defensemen. With regards to the likes of uh, Devin Taves coming up, he's been a great surprise. and Well, not a great surprise because a lot of Islanders fans expected him to come up last year. He winds up getting hurt. And now this year he winds up getting uh, getting the call up from Bridgeport. And he's been filling a great role, to say the very least, with regards to Thomas Hickey, uh falling down and getting hurt but uh Taves has been playing unbelievable maybe sometimes the best moves to make are the ones that are in-house and Devin Taves has been really doing that but uh what what are your thoughts with uh Mr. Taves I think he's been excellent I think that he probably played well enough in training camp that he could have stayed with the team uh I think that it was probably just a situation where he missed the entire second half of last year down at Bridgeport. He didn't play any hockey, recovered from the injury, came into camp, got himself going. I think that Trotz probably wanted to keep him, but Lou's, you know, said the better thing might be to let him play a couple months down in the AHL, let him get himself back to where he was before the injury, and maybe, and he's clearly done that. This guy is not going anywhere. He is a part of the Islanders. Uh, he's not going anywhere when Thomas Hickey gets healthy. He's too good. He's been too good for them. And I think he definitely has the potential to be a top four defenseman in this league. He's shown it. He can skate. He can shoot. He's great in his own zone. He does all the things that you want to see. And I think he'll be a big part of the Islanders for the future. And he ain't going back to Bridgeport at all when Hickey comes back. You talk about Bridgeport and you talk about you know, Devin Taves skating, his ability and everything like that. Two guys that I want to talk about, though, with you is uh, Michael Dalcole and uh, and uh, Josh Hosang. I know Dalcole, he's been, after he got his second call up back, he's been a totally different player than the way he came up the first time around. And you look at Josh Hosang, he went down for, I think, more than offensive reasons. What's your take so far on the two young kids? Him. I, I like him a lot. I think that both should be in the lineup. I think it's hard 
to find places for both of them in the lineup right now. But I think Dal Cole, especially in his second call, like you said, he's been reared on a lot of things on that third line that has impressed the coaching staff, which is why he stayed and uh, and Hosang went back down whenever we got healthy. Um, as far as Hosang, I thought that he did everything when he came here. And all the things that they wanted to see from him, I believe he was showing them. But he wasn't showing them production on the score sheet. And I think that he still needs to find that balance. I think that that's part of the reason why he went back down. He still needs to find that little bit of balance of, okay, I know that I can be a dynamic offensive player. They've now asked me to change my game and focus a little bit more on the defensive side of the game. So he's shown that he can do that. Now what he needs to do, fellas, is he needs to now mold those two things together. Because he was playing that defensive style or playing that game that they want him to play, but it wasn't translating onto the score sheet. It just wasn't during those 10 games that he was up here. The stats go on. I mean, one goal, one assist. It is what it is. So he needs to find a way to now meld the two together, and then he's going to become more of a complete player. Mike, a personal question here, you know, I know with living and being in the great state that we are in, you know, you have the Rangers to cheer for, the Devils, the Islanders. What made you become a fan of this team that we all that we all love and they're near and dear to our hearts? Yeah, well, you know, I, um, I became an Islander fan in the late 80s. I was a kid. I was probably seven or eight years old. First Islander game I went to, so around 87, 88. And uh, my dad took me to an Islander game. My dad was an Islander fan. And uh, that was it. You know, my favorite player was Pat LaFontaine. He was the Isles. You know, he was the guy during those times for them. And and that was it. It was a pretty easy, easy move for me. Uh, you know, there's some some sports you kind of, you kind of, your fandom can sometimes be grown into through family Sometimes it can be grown into through, you know, your favorite player growing up when you're a kid. You end up rooting for a team maybe outside of the area with it. Uh, you know, for me, uh, for the Islanders, it was pretty simple. I, I went to a game as a, as a kid and and, and I was an Islander fan. End of story. That's, dude, that's something that we all love to hear that's as far classic. as becoming a fan and everything like that. Especially, you know, you came, became a fan after the Cup years and you wound up Loving Pat LaFontaine. That's awesome. Right. I, was, I was technically, I guess, alive for them, but I sure didn't see him. That's for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> memory memory serves you correct. Uh, Mike, yeah, I got to ask right. you something. You work in media, and, you know, it's funny how you have everybody talking about, you know, teams outside of the Islanders. The Rangers get a lot of coverage here as, you know, them being the Rangers, playing in Manhattan, playing in the media market of Manhattan and all that. My question is, how can the Islanders get no love from the media and from the news outlets? You know, it's hard, Will. It really is because I, I mean, I can tell you, like I said, I'm in the business. You know, I'm in sports radio and I worked at WFAN. That's where I got started for, you know, I was there for, what, seven, eight years, something like that before I moved over to the national side and I work with CBS Sports Radio now. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm still in the same building as WFAN. I'm still in those halls all the time. It's it's hard. You know, hockey is 
hockey is, you know, I'm not going to say a niche sport. You know, it's got a strong following. Hockey fans are as passionate as any fans you can find. I mean, the hockey fan is passionate. The problem is, unfortunately, there just isn't as many hockey fans as there are of, you know, the NFL, or especially in New York City of Major League Baseball. I mean, you've got, you know, you got two baseball teams, two NFL teams, and I get it. we got technically three hockey teams in the area. People want to count the Devils. I mean, that's your business if you want to. I mean, right. The Devils are technically in the, in the metro area, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just tough because, you know, especially in the in the sports talk business, it, you know, in New York City, it's, it's hard to find that space if it's not playoff time. It really is because a lot of these sports now, and you guys know, they've become 12-month uh, animals. They really have. I mean, you look at Major League Baseball, you know, yeah, spring training starts in February and the World Series is done in October, but what are we talking about in November, December? Look right now. It's January 16th, and what was the dominating talk on WFAN today? You know, they were talking about, why aren't the Yankees still on Machado? Why, Jed Lowry had a, that's had a press conference for Jed Lowry today. I mean, think about that. I mean, they had a press conference for Jed Lowry. Right. Baseball has become a 12-month sport in this town. Mm-hmm. Look at the NFL. Between January and August, especially when your team isn't that great, like the Jets and Giants haven't been the last few years, what does everybody, what do they want to talk about? Who are we drafting? What are we doing with Eli? What are we doing with this? Right. You know, Jets, another coach, but it just goes on and on. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, hockey just doesn't have the, you know, the sheer number of fans. They're as passionate as any of those other fans. There just isn't the numbers there for them. And I know it sucks. It really does. Because if you're a hockey fan for a long time, you you know, God, I, mean, I, I walked around for a long time before I got in the business and I thought, Man, you know, what is this? Nobody gives hockey that, that they deserve. When I got in the business, I understood it a little bit more, and I kind of just went with the feeling of, listen, don't run around and tell everybody they have to watch hockey. The main thing is you watch it. The fans that watch it are passionate, and that's what matters. And, and it's cool. That, and we're all into it, and we love it. Bottom line. That's it. You know, you, you totally hit the nail on the head right there. You know, I, Mike, I got to ask you one thing, man. How did you start up your ILC podcast? Because seeing the out love and the and the pouring of affection that you get from Islanders fans and the Islanders faithful, you know, you started it up being an Islanders fan. But how? How did how did how did it come about starting up the ILC podcast? Well, um, it, it kind of went this way, you know. I I was obviously in the business uh, working at WFAN, and I was doing some shows with uh, some other guys called uh, Hockey Hockey This Week. We did a lot of shows, live shows in the New York City area. So I was doing hockey podcasts for a little while. Once I started at WFAN, I was also, you know, hockey was a passion for me, so I, I wanted to do podcasts. I was doing that, uh, you know, with a couple of guys. And, and then as I continued to go, uh, I, I built up, uh, you know, a, a friendship with Brian Compton from NHL.com who – would frequently come on the show that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I had a little, you know, friendship with him and, and he knew that I worked in the business and, and he started doing an Islander podcast for SNY, which was the point blank podcast. So, uh, he was doing it with a couple of other guys. Uh, I believe he was doing it with Christian Arnold at one point and Christian had to move. 
So they, he had a spot open to do the show on SNY, the Point Blank. So he asked me uh, to join him and, and, and do that show with him. So me and B Comp did the Point Blank show on SNY for, I think it was about two years. And then, um, and then me and him kind of were just thinking we wanted to be able to do the show um, a little bit more uh, regularly, a little bit more our way. SNY was great to us. Uh, they didn't want us to leave. It's just that we were kind of restricted in terms of how often we could do the show. It was kind of on their terms when we could go there and do it, how often we could do it. So me and BCOM kind of had the idea of let's kind of try to do this on our own, and then we can try to be more consistent with getting shows out week by week. And that's when, uh, you know, before last season we launched the IOC podcast, me and BCOM did it for one year. And then, unfortunately, B-Comp had to bow out after last season. So now this year I've kind of been uh, taking the reins myself. And the fans have been unbelievable, Will, because, uh, like you said, I, I really wasn't going to do it anymore uh, when B-Comp left. I, I wasn't going to, but um, I kind of asked some people, and the fans kind of said, we want, you know, try do it. And I had some ideas of how I would do it. And, honestly, one of them wasn't really just me doing it myself. And then I did a couple myself, and people seem to be into it, and so I've kind of stuck with it now. And, and now it's become what it is now, which is I think I'm getting better each week, and the show's getting better, and uh, the fans are into it. And I, I, all I could do is thank the fans, because if they keep listening, I'll keep doing them. That's it. Always power to the people sounds right like there, us, man. Huh? <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like us with doing that on the board sports, man. You know, Mike, yeah. thank, thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you so much for coming on. It really means a lot. Tell the people how we could listen, how we could listen to your podcast, the ILC podcast. Well, the ILC podcast, the homepage, ILC.com. You can find it on all those places you find podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, you know, uh, what's the other one? I just put it on uh, Spotify this week. I'm on Spotify too. So you can get the show wherever you get podcasts. And uh, thanks, boys, for having me. I had a lot of fun. Let's go wild. I think we got a big year here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Can't wait. Are you going to the game on Thursday or Sunday at the Collie? I am not going this week. Weeknights are unfortunately impossible for me. And on Sunday is also tough because we got, you know, we got the NFC and AFC title games on Sunday. And I know that I do a hockey show, but I also work on a show that's on national radio and we talk about everything. Right. And I need to watch those NFL games as well. Mm-hmm. So I gotta be, uh, I gotta have my hands on everything on Sunday. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Always good to be balanced out. From the ILC podcast, Mike Carver, Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Really hope to see you at another Isles meetup or even at a game. You know, definitely got to tailgate again. You know, it was awesome with a capital A. So yeah, I'll be out there. I can guarantee you, one game I'll be at. I'll be there February 28th. Okay, absolutely. I'll be there that night, don't you worry. Can't wait. We'll wear pajamas that night. <laughs> Appreciate you, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, boys. No problem. Thank you, Mike. Mike Carver from the ILC podcast and the producer of uh, Farrell. Forgetting the name now. I got it right here. Farrell uh, on the board or something? I think it's well. <laughs> Miles, we're going to have to edit that that last 15 seconds out. <laughs> that, that was bad. But, uh, yeah, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. Just truly awesome with Capital A. That was awesome, man. Yeah. You know, dude, 
what are your final thoughts on on this uh, on the Islanders? Listen, man, let's keep the train going. Keep the train going. Uh, hopefully tomorrow night we get a win. Sunday we get a win as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's good to be home. You know, um, you know, have some uh, home cooked meals. So no teams coming in here. So you know, um, and and you know, so we shall see. Well, I agree with you. The the Ranger loss hurt. Like that was like like that one stung a little bit, but they came back the next night and they got a win. So. Well, let's just hope they keep this train going. And the deadline is a month-ish away. Let's see how they continue to go. But, well, if they're in the same position now, a month from now, does Lou make a big move? Does he make a small move? I don't know. But I think they do make a move. And it's exciting to talk playoff hockey when it comes to the Islanders and other Rangers. Thank you very much for saying that, Sean, because that's just truly awesome with a capital A. Sean, show this shirt to the camera for a second here. This is what we've been doing all season, baby. Proving people wrong. On the island. On the island. That's it. And by the way, Mike Carver, the producer of Feral on the Bench, nationally syndicated show on CBS Sports Radio. He does a really good job over there. And if you listen to Scott, Scott's got some very opinionated stuff, but he's really awesome. So that's another guy that we'd like to have on too. Scott, come on. I know Mike could probably tell you a couple things about us. Come on. Can't wait. For everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for Sean Thomas. Yes, sir. For Miles, for Brianna and Matt Peters, and for everybody, including Mike Carver and of the ILC podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. You were truly awesome with Capital A tonight. I'm William Trucci. We are logging out. Let's go, Islanders. Prove people wrong.